there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed our crossover episode about Bobby Parker and Randolph Dial that we did with Raven from the Sirens podcast, Mm -hmm. a completely unique, amazing, still highly debated story um, that we just had a lot of fun researching and then discussing with Raven for sure. So we hope you guys, we hope you guys enjoyed it. If you haven't listened to it, please go back. Listen to that one. Also subscribe to Raven's podcast, The Sirens. Listen to the second episode because we did a two-parter. Yep. Um, and yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think and um, enjoy it. Or and, don't. Or don't. I mean, yeah, if, it's, if that's not your bag, that's fine. <laughs> you know, you do you. Um, but But yeah, if you listen to it, then let's talk crime. Let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Instagram reels or TikToks or whatever of the um, news reporter that has a son and she's always holding one of his toys and giving an update for the day? Oh. It is the cutest. It is the cutest. That's right. Because she does it in her news reporter voice. Oh, my God. She's like. It's the best. Update from out here. Yeah. It's a shit show in this house. Yeah. She was like, this just in. Recently, I told my son, recently, my son asked me where Jell was, and I told him downtown. Fast forward to two days ago, and we told him we were taking him downtown for camp. (laughs) (laughs) And he began bawling. (laughs) Jail, camp, jail, camp, same thing. Yeah. It's so cute. She does a great job. Same difference. Oh, man. Gonna have to increase the old Zoom because I forgot my reading glasses. Okay. How old are we again, Shan? (laughs) Nope. Neither one of us is going to answer that. (laughs) Not at all. Do you want me to say it out loud? No. (laughs) Okay. All righty, then. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any podcast business while I sip on my tea? I I do not. Um, I just know that what is something making noise? I was just wondering what you were tapping on over there. Sorry, I won't see. I I'll be doing something with my hands at all times. I know. I'm gonna get you one of those fidget spinners. But you'd probably hear that. I would hear it. Oh, shit. Um, did you, so you saw about the three bodies found in the river, Oklahoma River. Yes, in the Oklahoma River in the past 13 days. Yeah. That's weird. And people are like speculating that they are potentially homeless people that are getting in the river to cool off because it's been hot as Christ here. Right. Right. Yeah. And potentially having some sort of medical event while they're in the water or not being able to swim 
Okay. And yeah, drowning. Ultimately, but yeah, as far as I've seen, a couple of them they haven't been able to determine the cause of death. Right. And I'm like, say what? Yeah. So I don't know. Quite interesting. It is. There's always a body to be found in Oklahoma City. Always. Isn't there? Always. There was another um, news story that came out this past week that they solved a uh, murder of a infant, like newborn. Mm-hmm. Did you see that with mm-hmm. the DNA? Mm-hmm. It was like 30-year-old murder of this newborn. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That was awful. Yeah, they located the moms. Yeah. And prosecuted the mom. Yeah. Or are prosecuting yes. the mom. Yes. Way to go, DNA. Yeah. It's really sad. It is really sad. And then OSBI released something yesterday or the day before that they had utilized Othram, which is a independent lab. Okay. That I believe they do genetic genealogy and they do very small DNA samples. Okay. They can process very small DNA samples. Right. So the OSBI sent them a case on, gosh, an old, old case. Okay. And utilized Othram to solve nice. the case. It may have been that baby doe case. Right. Could have been. Or it might have been another one. Yeah. But at least they're trying. Yeah. They're trying to that's good. Utilize Hope- new technology. Yeah. Hopefully they'll keep that up and because I'm pretty sure they'll be able to solve other crimes if there was DNA saved from them. Yeah. Other cold cases. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's utilize all our means. Othram and genetic genealogy and yes. let's like dig in there. I know it costs money, but yeah, let's come on. Yeah, it's worth do it. Something. It's worth it. So you can solve these crimes and bring closure to families. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you're, you know, what the kind of whole process is to solve crimes. Yeah. Is to find the perpetrator and to, you know, bring closure for people. Which brings me to my next soapbox. If you have... DNA testing done from Ancestry.com or 23andMe or anything like that, Mm -hmm. you can download your sequencing Yes, in just a, they just give you a doc file Mm -hmm. and you can upload it to a site called GEDmatch. Yes. And you have to authorize them to utilize your DNA sequencing and everything like that. And people can access those databases and essentially do crowdsourced DNA comparisons. Right. And that is how people are solving cold cases using genetic genealogy. Yes. So if you have... If any of our 14 listeners mm-hmm. has had their DNA tested yes. by an ancestry or a 23andMe or whatever, right? go find out how you can download your sequencing. There is a way. It's very easy. 
I know how to do it with 23andMe. I just don't know how to do it with Ancestry. Right. Go do it. Upload it to GEDmatch. Yes. You could be the missing piece. Right. In someone. Right. Someone's family getting closure on a case. Yes. And it doesn't mean you're turning in your uncle. And it doesn't mean you're turning in grandpa or anything else. It's just people helping to fill in the building blocks. Right. And find find that missing puzzle piece. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Please. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. Do it. Anyway, that's my soapbox. It's a good soapbox to get on, Shan. Yeah. So, do you have any more pod business today? Nope. Just trying to survive the fiery hells of life that we're (laughs) living in both physically and um emotionally um yeah (laughs) just trying to survive the the shit storm that's going on getting there but yeah no nothing else okay just focused on that focused on surviving (laughs) this point Mm -hmm. Uh uh uh-huh we all are shy we all are some of us they're loving they're living their best lives apparently yeah the rest of us we're in hell the majority of us are in hell hell, but good luck to you it's fine it's fine let's uh make the world a better place by doing some true crime (laughs) you ready let's do this okay let's talk about it let's go let's uh let's try to make some Make some impactful changes yes. here doing true crime. Let's on make our little changes. Yeah. Let's make changes. Let's learn lessons. Yes. Let's, you know, show people what happens when, you know, A, B, and C go wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Like, let's, t- we're going to teach lessons. Let's do stuff. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Go for it. Are you ready? I am ready, Shan. Because. This is going to be rough. Oh, no. Do we need to do a trigger warning for our 14 listeners? About kids. Yeah. So trigger warning for the 14 listeners. Yeah. So, you know, a while back when we did Kirsten Hatfield. Yes. And we talked about how there were some other similar-ish cases in Oklahoma City area. Right. This is another one. Okay. So this is the case of Amber Renee Barker. Okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It should sound familiar. Okay. Amber Barker is a 10-year-old little girl. She's a fourth grader in 1997. Oh, gosh. So you will recall that Kirsten Hatfield went missing in May of 97. Yes. Amber goes missing shortly after. Oh. Okay. Okay. And Amber was not your typical girly girl. She loved animals. She loved working on cars. She was kind of a tomboy. I love that she loved working on cars. I know. How cute is that? She was probably helping her dad or, you know, know, male figure, I don't know, in her life. Oh. And one of the reports said she wanted to be a welder when she grew up. Oh. Yeah. I know. That's heartbreaking. I know. So she is one of eight children. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. I of mean, yeah. Bonnie and Robert Barker. Okay. 
there are six girls and two boys in the family. Well, we're part of a family where that's pretty similar. Yep. Mm-hmm. We ha- also had a huge family. So, yeah. Um, Amber's parents were divorced and Amber lived with her mom, Bonnie. Okay. And they lived on the north side of Oklahoma City at the 3100 block of Northwest 39th Terrace. Okay. So it's right over there by like the. Um, 39th would be 66, right? Yeah, it's just it's just north of that. Oh, okay. So it's like 39th in May. Okay. Area, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so on the afternoon of December 18th, 1997, okay. Amber rode her blue 10-speed bike to her friend's house on Northwest 45th Street. So, so she just went a few blocks to the north. Yeah. And that bike ride that she took all the time was about five minutes and about a half mile up side streets. Okay. Okay. She stayed at her friend's house for a couple of hours and at about 550, she calls her mom to let her know she's heading home. Okay. So at 550 in December, it would have been dark. Right. Okay. And she never gets home. So, very, very quickly, the family is out looking for her. And then within the next two hours, they're filing a missing persons report. Yes. Very quickly. Yeah. And within the first 24 hours, the FBI becomes involved. Oh, wow. Because they believe it to be a, a kidnapping. Right. So, this was a Thursday night. And by Friday morning... 35 FBI agents are assisting Oklahoma City PD in looking for her. So when she is last seen, she's reported to be five feet tall, about 80 pounds, long brown hair, and wearing a long sleeve tan sweater and light blue jeans and some tennis shoes. Okay. That same Friday morning... Amber's blue 10-speed bike was found in Deniston Park, which is about one mile south of the Barker home. South of her home? South of her home. And her friend's house was north north of her home. Mm. Okay? Okay. The bicycle was intact, and it was just leaning against a tree. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. During that same time frame... One of Amber's sisters finds a silver ring that they are positive belonged to Amber. And it was found in the area of Northwest 45th and Drexel, which was right near her her little friend's house. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And right on the route that she would have taken home. And the ring was found in the middle of the street. Oh, no. So... That same day, Friday, Amber's one of Amber's tennis shoes is found at Northwest 12th and Drexel, which is like way south, way south. So a resident in that area finds the shoe and reports it to authorities. How do they know to report a shoe to to authorities? I think at that point it was like a big, big deal. fucking deal. Okay. So 
Like they were saying, this is exactly what she was wearing. Yeah. So when this person found this shoe and was like, oh shit, this and might be this little And it's literally shoe. in the street that that, that, you know, news reports and everything are saying she would have driven down, down Drex- Drexel right. on her bike okay. to go from 45th to 39th. And these people live on 12th and right. Drexel. So they're like, hmm. yeah. I mean, the reason I say that is because I literally was out for a run the other day with my dog and there was just a shoe laying there. Like <laughs> I wouldn't know to pick up a shoe and contact anyone concerning a shoe. Right. You know what I mean? So. So it must have been like these these are the exact tennis shoes she was wearing, the or jeans, they're like a sweater. Yeah. Or right. they're like they were little girly tennis shoes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who's just missing one little girly tennis shoe? Right. Right? Yeah. So regardless, they reported it to authorities, and this was about midnight on Friday night. Oh. So this is within the first thirty the first, hours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As people are searching the area for a second shoe, it's found just up, up the street at Northwest 13th and Drexel. So, literally the next block. Oh, my gosh. Okay. On Saturday morning. So, they're just consistently finding stuff. Stuff of, of hers, yeah. Yeah. So, on Saturday afternoon, police recover Amber's tan sweater near some bushes at Northwest 15th and Drexel. What in the hell? Yeah. The same day as the shoes and the sweater are recovered, police make a public plea for the whereabouts of a man named Daniel John Smith. Okay. In connection with Amber's disappearance. Okay. I wonder what, are you going to tell me why they put that together? Of course, Shy. Okay. What do you think I am? A fucking amateur? And no. (laughs) Of course I'm going to tell you. Please tell me how this was tied together. I tell you. Go. So Daniel John Smith is the common law husband of one of Amber's sisters and a convicted kidnapper. I'm so let uh, me tell you how this went down. Oh, my God. I'm okay. Go on April 23rd, 1995. Daniel John Smith was crouched by the driver's side door of a woman's car in the parking lot of a nightclub. Okay? Uh-huh. Slate at night. Mm-hmm. As the woman goes to get out of her vehicle, he pushes her back into the car, grabs her by the throat, and starts beating her, telling her to move over out of the driver's seat. What? Okay. She would later testify that she believed he was trying to rape her, and she fought him off and fled on foot. Fuck yeah, she did. So, he was initially charged with robbery as he had tried to steal her car keys. But the charge was changed to a kidnapping charge, which carried a maximum 10-year sentence. Okay? Okay. What, did he serve one? (laughs) Just wait. Oh, shit. So, in June 96, the district attorney's office agreed to a plea deal with Daniel John Smith, where he would attend a four-month boot camp at William S. Key. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I know exactly where that is, yep. and my father was working there at the time. Yeah. So after he successfully completed the four-month boot camp... Fucking ridiculous. He was issued a five-year deferred sentence... 
for his kidnapping charge and was free. So he wow. never really served any, any time, time at all, no. except for the four month boot camp. And he was out by October of 96. Jeez. Okay. Living with Amber's sister and having a child with Amber's sister. Uh, okay. So the Thursday, the reason why the cops put this all together and put out a polite request for him to come in for an interview. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> the Thursday that Amber disappeared, when Am- or when Amber's mom, Bonnie, got the phone call from her at 5.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. that Amber was headed home. Daniel Smith was in the home of Bobby, Bonnie Barker. Okay. And was gone when she got off the phone. Like, when she goes to pick up the phone, she's like, hey, sweetie, okay, come on home. By the time she gets off the fucking phone, he is He's a- out. out. Oh, my God. Yep. And... Another man that was at the home at the same time said that Smith usually left the home heading east towards his home, Mm -hmm. but that day he went west, which would have put him on track to meet up with Amber coming down the street on her bike. Mm -hmm. Okay. So police had already spoken with Daniel Smith the Thursday evening of the disappearance. Was he at... Was he back at the Barker residence? I don't know if he was there or if they had just all kind of come together as a family. And he happened to be there with Amber's sister, who was his common law wife at the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that all came together. But multiple, multiple reports said that he was interviewed that Thursday evening by police. And that may have not been a formal interview. That may have simply been them asking the family members. Right. So if they had seen her or whatever. Right. So where I wanted to go with that was, so he was back at the home after her disappearance. Right. Within the next, you know, three, four hours. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Give or take, let's say. Because it was not specific as to when, when specifically he was interviewed on Thursday evening. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Yep. And the reason that they were wanting him to come in for another interview a second time is because in the days leading up to her disappearance, Amber had told her mom that she was worried that Daniel would come up to her in his vehicle And force her into the truck with him. She had seen him pass by when she was playing outside. Mm Mm-hmm. In, and she was terrified of him. And he was living at their home. He wasn't living there. Oh, he was just. He was just like. Common law to the sister. Visiting there. Because the sister and him lived in a completely different place. Okay. So, I don't know if they just kind of hung out there or. You know what but but she was terrified of him oh my god terrified of him yeah so um this information is released on the saturday after amber goes missing she goes missing on a thursday this information is released on a saturday and daniel john smith is found dead on monday morning oh did he die by suicide he did. Hmm. He hanged himself from a tree in a park in Dell City. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So when Tell me you're guilty without telling me you're guilty. When it was literally a group of like citizen neighborhood watch people mm-hmm. that found him mm-hmm. that found his body. Ew. Okay. And obviously they called the cops and was right. like, hey, there's a guy yeah. here. Um so police identify him, recognize that he's wanted for questioning. Then Oklahoma City PD comes out and they're like, okay, where's his truck? His truck is found nearby at a convenience store. Not parked at the park. Okay. It's parked at a nearby convenience store. So they're processing forensics. They're looking at all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they find a speck of blood on one of her shoes that they had recovered, right? Okay. The blood sample was so small that it was not able to be analyzed to determine the origin. Right. But on her sweater, they found blue fibers and vomit. And vomit? Mm Mm-hmm. So... They had found all this during during the course of the weekend while they're looking at the shoes and the clothes and the bike and everything else. And then in the process of calling for Daniel John Smith to be found, they also apply for a search warrant for his vehicle. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they file that warrant and start taking samples out of his vehicle. They start taking fiber samples. They tar- start taking hair samples off of the seats and everything like that. The truck had blue carpet in the floorboards, blue cloth seats, and a blue vinyl dash. Hmm. Okay. So maybe the blue fibers on her little sweater? Maybe. 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 Okay. So, even with all of this search warrant going through the truck, collecting fibers, everything like that, they don't have anything. They have nothing that would lead to her whereabouts. Whereabouts, yeah. Or the placement of her body, right? Yeah. And Daniel John Smith didn't leave a note and didn't, you know, confess to anything or anything like that. Dude, at least leave a note and confess until well, whatever. At least. So back when they're doing all this, the forensic techs sort of believed when they were looking at the vomit on her sweater mm-hmm. that it may include male ejaculate. Uh, okay. Okay. But they didn't have the testing to confirm it. Okay. Back then. Okay. So they took, they cut off the piece. Like samples. And saved it. Mm-hmm. As nice. they should. Okay. Test run in 2012. Oh, wow. So 15 years later. Yeah. Revealed a partial male DNA profile nice. from that piece. Okay. 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 So 
at the point of 2012, 2013, they have a partial DNA profile that they are attempting to match. Okay, good. This is where a guy named Forrest J. Rice enters the picture. Okay? Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Just hold on. It's Crap, this is just going to go all sorts of... Okay. Yep. Go. Rice was a career criminal Mm -hmm. and a close friend of Daniel John Smith in 1997. Oh, great. Okay. So he admitted to police that he was with Smith at his apartment the night that Amber disappeared and was also with him that day. So was he at the Barker residence? Not that any of them recall. Okay. 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 He also admitted that he was with Smith the same day that he committed suicide. Oh, so, really? Police were like, hmm, we should definitely probably, you know, run that DNA test against him, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2015... They filed a search warrant to take DNA from him, and he was incarcerated at the time. Okay. Okay? Okay. As of last week, when I wrote this... Right. There were no updates on this at all. So, it obviously didn't match. Right. It didn't match to him. Right. I don't even know if they ever compared DNA against... Daniel John Smith and what they found. So it's surely they did. Right. It's still very open Mm -hmm. and her body has never been found. From what I can tell, everyone believes that Daniel John Smith was the guy. Right. And that this rice character. Right. May have been involved. Mm hmm. He was a career criminal, like barely spent any time out okay. of his adult life. He mm-hmm. barely had any time yeah. on the outside, right? Yeah. So um, there just is zero resolution to this, and there's no way to know who did it. Right. I think her family believes that... They initially believed that Daniel John Smith was not, could not have been involved. Right. And then as the years went on, they're kind of like, well. Some things just add up too much and then like him leaving. And yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So it's just. That's, and plus if they honestly believe that they have one, one of the killers is passed and the other one is incarcerated right then i don't see why it's much of a um high priority pressing issue yeah to really figure out who that dna belongs to it's just it's a pretty high um it's a pretty high highly publicized case Mm mm-hmm And I think it would actually do the Oklahoma City Police Department a lot of good if they 
went through every channel that they possibly could to try to match up yes the ejaculate and who it right goes with and this may be a good opportunity to for the Othram yeah to be used yeah that genetic genealogy yeah mm-hmm. but so far there is just nothing 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 no, no body or it anything. just ends Ugh. and every once in a while there's a new you know there's kind of a newspaper article or something like that Mm -hmm. that will mention Amber Renee Barker, but she's always mentioned in the same breath as Kirsten Hatfield and they're different, you know, they're very different MOs. Right. Right. Uh, But they literally happened within seven months apart. Yeah. So people are like, surely it has to, you know, two little girls that are the same age Mm -hmm. and they looked very similar. And Mm -hmm. how can you... Yeah. discount you know yeah, exactly so it's just very it's frustrating when i see stuff like this because mm-hmm. there's it seems like there's so much that could be done right and surely it has been done maybe it just hasn't been publicized yeah i mean that's that's what i prefer to think right is that everything that could be done has been done and it just hasn't been publicized um right. obviously if they have a DNA match back to Daniel John Smith, he's dead and they can't prosecute him. Right. But they could say, yeah. we finally figured out that this DNA matches him and right. we feel like this case is closed yeah. since our suspect is deceased. That's true. Bring everything. resolution. Yeah. yeah. Get it's some the, resolution somewhere. Yeah. I'm all about finding resolution. Like, don't leave me <sighs> hanging with that kind of stuff when there's resources available for you to use um, to, you know maybe to resolve the case so yeah just don't i mean i get it you're probably understaffed and don't have the manpower to do it but there's people out there that just want to they just want closure i guess you know for their loved ones passing and i don't know yeah just maybe take that into you know consideration yeah (laughs) that people really do want to resolve stuff so so very similarly to Kirsten Hatfield, mm-hmm. Amber Renee Barker is still listed as a missing person. Oh, poor baby. Her story is on the Charlie Project and in NamUs and everything like that. She's still listed as a missing person. They do believe that she has probably been deceased since 97. within a very short time yeah. of since, but since she was abducted. Yeah. So it's just sad. It is sad. I wish... I mean, we're never going to be able to get rid of these people that do these heinous crimes against children. But when they have, when you're eight, when you do have these um, things that you can use to help find the killers or kidnappers or whatever, like please, yeah, I I wish they'd make that a higher priority. Use every resource you right. possibly can. Yeah, and I'm glad that as soon as she went missing. It wasn't blown off as a runaway situation. Right. I feel like you you hear a lot of stories where it is, and I'm glad they didn't take this as one of those, and that she was um, actually abducted and, you know, and is missing. So I'm sure it probably helped that she, they had record of a phone call between her friend's house mm-hmm. and her and parents' mom. home mm-hmm. and not just her mom saying, oh, she wouldn't run away. She's not like right. that. They actually right. had 
knowledge of this call and probably a parent on the other end at right. the other house saying, yeah, she called home at 550 and right. she left here at six or whatever. And right. She yeah. should have been there. Yeah. You know, by 605. Yeah. And that's a really important thing, you know, because you're going to have your kids that are not with you, that are being their little independent selves. Um, but it's a good thing that she had her daughter call home first mm-hmm. to let her know. Um, we've always <laughs> instilled that into our kids. Like, let us know when you leave, you know, let us know when you're heading home. So we have that. Um, so at least we know when to expect you. Yes. When to expect you. Yeah. If you're not home by then, we know to start just, um, silently panicking. panicking. Oh, pa- well, panicking the <laughs> fuck out, but also like trying to find out if you need help or where you could be in. Also, the apps. What is the app? The 360 app? Life 360. Dudes. I get it for your kids, I my man. husband all the time on that thing. I love <laughs> that thing. I mean, if that's what you want to do. I love it. It's like, what is your what is your ETA to the house? I like watching him, like, go pick up the food order or whatever. I mean, like, why the fuck did you go that way? <laughs> you know? Yes. Why would you go that way? It literally took you 15 minutes when it should have taken you five. Uh, Why are you taking the scenic route? What is happening? He just needed the scenic route, Shan. I mean. He needed to take in the scenery of the OKC areas. (sighs) He wears me out. (laughs) But it is good for kids if they have a phone. Yeah. Life 360. Highly, highly suggests that you look into that. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Just for their safety. So, yep. Anyways. But anyway. Man, Shan. I know. That was that was rough, but oh, uh, maybe one day, hopefully one day we'll find something out about it. Hopefully. Precious. Cuz there's has just been nothing since about 2015. Oof. And it's 2022. It's 2022. Oof. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, that was a good one, Shan. If I can say good one. That was heartbreaking, but Yeah. Very well put together. Thanks, Shy. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod.